Hold on, we got a call coming in. That We're going to take it. Call. Okay. Hello, you're calling ComedySchoolsRadio.com. Who is this? Uh, this is uh, Michael Somerville, Tony, a comedian. Uh, supposed to call in at 10 a.m. Michael, you are, um, yes. We, uh, we were just talking about you were going to call in, and uh, here you are. Y yeah, you summoned me. How about that? There we are. So, Michael, are you already in town? Are you already in uh, the greater Phoenix area? I sure am, yeah. We started at the House of Comedy uh, Wednesday night, so now we're just rolling into the big weekend here. You know, I'm uh, first off. Let me uh, tell everybody who listen, who's listening what we're doing right now. We just went from we were just saving people money when they go out to restaurants by telling them not to order a soda because so if you if you're two people, it cause it costs you an extra five to seven bucks right there, just smuggling your own water bottle. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what we were talking about right before you called. Uh, uh, the money saver episode, huh? It was the money, yeah, because uh, uh, you're talking to me, Tony Visick, and my producer, who happens to be my wife, Shirley Low Visick, and we uh, we, eat, we eat out three to five times a week, and um, uh, I, I like to pinch pennies till Lincoln cries. Now, <laughs> of course, if you're drinking, and also, you know, I used to do this, Michael, I'm gonna, before I tell everybody who you are, I, I need you to be honest with me. When I was younger and I drank a bit, I would go to bars and I would I would sneak a pint bottle in with me, and that way, <laughs> uh, you know, I could hang out in the bar where the drinks were expensive and still just like get a soda and just keep pouring. I used to do that on, on uh, airlines too, where I bring my own bottle. Have you ever Did done you such really? a thing? Yeah, sure. That is uh, the airline. That's tough to do these days. But uh, yeah, I have to admit, uh, especially when we were first out of college and had no money. Uh, my buddies and I had these beer belts. It was like a belt that you put on, and it was insulated, <laughs> and you could wow. put it under your shirt, and we would go into bars and do exactly that. <laughs> wow. I You know, I didn't know about the beer belt. That's cool. Yeah, it was like a promotion that Bud Light or somebody, some company had, and you just, yeah, they were giving them out, and it was <laughs> just underneath your shirt, and you were, and now again, I wasn't trying to rip any place off. It was just, we had no money. We were just 21-year-old kids. You know, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that it sounds very Irish and it sounds very Catholic. So are you Irish Catholic? <laughs> oh boy, guilty on both charges. <laughs> it's that eight years in Catholic school for eight years and yep, yep, all the above. <laughs> you know, I, I've always, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, uh, part Irish and part Croatian, so basically I'm, I'm not quite human. But... Um, <laughs> In in Irish culture, a little a little larceny is considered an honor. Is that true? Well, that makes me feel much better about it then. <laughs> Thank you. I do. What about the Croatian part? Uh, Croatian, we're we're just known for revenge. Um, <laughs> Your lucky wife, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, my my wife's Mexican. She beats me out every time. <laughs> Someone asked me one time why Croatians and Serbs were fighting, and I go, well, uh, Croatians and Serbs have been fighting for a thousand years, and the last 999 have been about something to happen the first year. So, um, <laughs> so Mike, you're at uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows, Sunday for one show. Uh, is this your, and uh, we've, we're good friends with Rick, and uh, uh, we love that club. I think you'll agree with me. Um, uh, it's one of the, uh, the best-looking venues you've ever performed in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now they just run a class operation there. Everything is, you know, you look, it looks good, it feels good. They take such good care of the comics, and as a result, all the best comics in the country want to come perform here because you just feel good about the weekend. And believe me, not every club is like that. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just great from from the food to the drinks to the cl- you know classic atmosphere, and the show is amazing this week. We have actually three good comics, you know, including myself. So uh, it's really just a fun time. Dude, you know, I'm looking at uh, uh, I'm looking at your uh, your pictures here on uh, the official site of Michael Somerville, and uh, I don't think I've ever seen anybody more Irish in my entire <laughs> life. And I mean, you're like you're, like, and then uh, you were a student at Notre Dame. I mean, that's true. You you are you are more Irish than someone who was born in Ireland. <laughs> they, they, and we cut. They were filming Rudy, the movie Rudy, when I was at Notre Dame. We used to cut class. We'd throw out our big old sideburns and be extras in the movie. So uh, that was uh, my <laughs> my big film debut. Was in, it was in uh, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you taller than him? Were you taller than a guy? Did you walk him? Go, I'm taller than you. Everybody was taller than Rudy. <laughs> Are you from Boston? No, no, no. I'm okay. actually originally from New Jersey. All right, that's clear. I mean, you, you, look, you know, the, the cherry on the top would have been if you were, you know, a redheaded Irish Catholic kid from South Boston, if you were a Southie. <laughs> that would have been perfect. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's the one piece I'm missing. Have you ever been to, like, South Boston? Sure, absolutely. My college roommate was from up in Boston, so we used to go visit all the time, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly the kind of guy you're talking about, too. You probably, his probably name would be Sully. Yeah, well, yeah. I uh, I had a, a friend of mine who was a, a Southie. He was an older guy, and uh, I stayed with him and his brother. Went to, I w- when I was touring, I was working uh, uh, the Comedy conne- uh, comedy Connection uh, in the, uh, Nathaniel Hall, and uh, they didn't sure. put anybody up because they got all these local comics. So I stayed with his buddy of mine was in his 70s, and I stayed in South Boston, and everything that you they say about South Boston was absolutely true, down to the fact that within two days, everybody in that neighborhood knew who I was. Because they're going to find out who you are if you're walking around their neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That, that's, you know, and I'm sure it hasn't changed one bit. I bet it's still the same way. You're going to find out who is this guy, what's he up to, who knows him. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. That's too funny. A lot of people start out their stand-up comedy, you know, they, they, uh, they watched uh, a Richard Pryor special or they watched uh, a Louis C.K. special and then they went to open mic nights. You started out at Irish, fighting Irish pep rallies. That's true. You know, I grew up, I always loved stand-up. My parents would put me to bed, and uh, they'd go down and put on Johnny Carson, and as the story goes, I would sneak down and watch Carson's monologue from around the corner, but never considered doing comedy in my life. And then when I was at Notre Dame, they, they wanted, uh, you know, someone to, to MC these pep rallies and just someone to jump on the stage. As, yeah, it happens all the time in college. This is an event or someone needs to introduce. So that's really kind of where I got started. Uh, and even then, graduated, uh, moved to New York, got a, a quote-unquote real job in advertising, and then I just hated getting up in the morning. I didn't like shaving every day. And I said, what else can I do with my life? I'll get some jokes at night. <laughs> I don't feel like shaving. <laughs> yeah, my next kid, my next kid, my neck gets irritated. So I, all right, well, <laughs> and I'm not a morning person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were talking. You know, we were just talking about it earlier in that uh, 
uh, for me, um, uh, doing this show, and we do it every Thursday and Friday, um, and generally on Thursday what I do is I read um, uh, hate posts sent to me by uh, uh, Donald Trump fans. So uh, I do, I, I'll, po- I'll post a joke on Facebook and then people will be enraged and scream and yell and call me every name in a book and threaten me. And then I read their stuff. That's what I do on Thursday. But I was telling Shirley the one drawback is I'm not a morning person. I don't like getting up in the morning. There you, yeah, yeah, there you go. So let alone to get yelled at by people. That's no fun. <laughs> now, when you were a kid, I looked back and looked at some of my report cards when I was a kid, uh, like when I was in high school, and right. you, the, the first, whatever classes I had the first two hours, those were D's. <laughs> that's, that's actually funny you say that. I bet there's a pattern in mine, too. I know I did do well in those first morning classes, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Or I just missed them all together and had to get notes from people. I, I flunked. I, I, I went to college. I went to a college for like a year and a half, and then I went, I think I'll learn more hitchhiking. Uh, I did, but they were bad lessons. Um, <laughs> I was the only guy in the history of my college to flunk archery. So uh, I got an F in archery. Did you ever get Because I didn't show up and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't tell them I wasn't going to show up, and they went, all right, fine to hell with them. I was going to say, that would be hard to do. I just... I mean, it wasn't at eight in the morning, was it? Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was like an eight in the morning class or something. And oh, that's not a safe hour to give somebody a, a half awake person a bow and arrow. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially since I'd gone to bed at seven a.m. So uh, yeah, they're probably they should give you an A just for not coming and hurting anyone. That would be <laughs> I just wanted to do a I wanted to do a William Burroughs thing, you know, and uh, <laughs> well. Uh, what kind of degree were you heading towards that you were going to take archery classes? It was just I need I know I was uh, I was I was taking theater at a college that a year before had actually been a, a, a trade school college, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you've done a little of everything. I I, I can't wait to read your book. No. <laughs> now uh, you're you're Irish. You're Catholic. You're a comedian. You're from New Jersey. Where's your favorite AA meeting? Although I do have a funny story, I, I you know you check in for flights online now, and uh, American Airlines their little email abbreviation is AA. So I, the other night I got a, an email from AA saying it's time to check in. I, <laughs> had this, I had this horrible moment where I said oh, maybe they're right, you know. <laughs> and then I said, oh no, it's just for the flight. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, how'd they find me? <laughs> Now, is your is your family proud of you that you've um, you know you went to Notre Dame? You know, I, I know your family's proud of you went to Notre Dame. You know, my boy goes to Notre Dame. That's what he goes. You know, and uh, I'm sure you know. It, knowing families like I do, I'm sure that your family worked into every conversation they had the entire time you were in Notre Dame. Going, uh, yeah, uh, that's a good looking woman. They used to call women dames. By the way, my son goes to Notre Dame. <laughs> Any way to bring it back? I yeah. think it was a real source of pride until I became a comedian. I think uh, <laughs> all along they, they were thrilled and they were excited, and now I think they're still paying off my education as I fly around and tell jokes. I don't think they're <laughs> quite as thrilled uh, with what, I, what I've chosen to do with the, the degree. But yes, while I was there, it was a lot of pride. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's it. Now are they like making excuses, going, "Well, you know, what he was in an accident or something"? I think what happened to him. <laughs> I don't know what they say behind the scenes. I do know when they see me on TV, it, it helps buy me another six months. They usually 
they start to get down on what are you doing, where is this going, and then they'll see me on TV doing something, and they'll, oh, that's my son, that's my boy right there, that's, yeah. And then after about six months to a year go by and nothing happens, they start to say, what are you doing again, and why are we paying off this education that you're not using? <laughs> Is it? Don't you find it odd that I mean, you know, uh, uh, everybody who goes into you know stand up or acting, etc. There's a number of years where you're not being filmed, you know, or if you're being filmed, you're being filmed by, but you know, but and you can you can film stuff and put it on YouTube and it could be great stuff, you know, you can do all that. But there's validation to being on television. Did you ex- do you experience that where people are going? Well, I don't know why you're. Do- the minute you're on television, it's almost like people look at you differently. He he was on it's TV. A hundred percent. And I did. You know, I got I was lucky enough to do uh, four appearances on Letterman, and I literally after that first Letterman appearance, uh, no joke. I mean, the, the, the very same jokes I was telling the day before, all of a sudden, were now genius. <laughs> yeah. the, these are, he's amazing. He's just this is the same jokes they sent you on a tape last year that was just filmed in a comedy club. But now that they're on Letterman, absolutely validated me. I got all sorts of jobs. Um, you know, the older days you'd get a sitcom out of it or something. These days it's not quite like that. But I every you know club started booking me corporate events, all sorts of work that I couldn't get before. Uh, it was amazing. Did now are you experiencing too? Where you know you were on you were on Letterman. Okay, and uh, uh, and David Letterman was one. Of, by the way, one of the very first stand-up comics I ever saw. Uh, back yeah, in like, right. was it like 1978? I wandered in the comedy store, and uh, he was one of the first comics I saw. Saw I still he, he would he'd already been on TV a few times, so I knew who he was. But uh, brilliant guy, funny guy. But that show's not on anymore. Are you experiencing any of that? Where you go, I was on Letterman, and people are going, that's not on anymore. Yeah, it's, you know, funny, yeah. I mean, how quickly it happens, particularly with young people. You know, younger people didn't generally know Letterman the way that you and I would. I mean, we grew up with him. We had, you know, we David Letterman. And, you know, really these days it's Fallon for these young kids. They're, oh, Jimmy Fallon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, quickly, he went off to my last appearance in the last January. So it'll be almost, you know, two full years next month. And, you know, yeah, it becomes a quote-unquote old credit in a hurry, kind of like Carson or something. Um, so you gotta you gotta keep on firing and get something going, uh, which is what I'm working on now. You know, just getting to the new shows and saying, "Hey, this is yeah, put me on, please," because I need to be validated, and my parents are starting to bother me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got a buddy of mine who uh, uh, his first writing job was on Cheers, and uh, ah, and yeah. I asked him. I said, "Why isn't on your resume?" He goes, "Because then people know how old I am." So, um, that, uh, you know, that's I, I believe it, and it's. <laughs> What a great show to have written for, but yeah, I could see how that would all of a sudden put a number on them. You know, I, I, I went to some on your website here, and it said, um, I think it was photos, and it's photos of you, and um, obviously, you don't have a manager controlling what you put out on social media. Um, <laughs> here's just a, a picture of you laying on the floor talking on the phone. I mean, this is actually like your personal Facebook page, isn't it? Oh, probably. I don't even know. Uh, all from the, yeah, I think it links to Facebook. That that was. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's not anyone running it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you offering? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. We can work it out. <laughs> uh, tell me about Wingman. Wingman uh, was a great show. Actually, it was. Uh, you know, I, I talk a lot about relationships in my stand-up, and from there, I got a job writing Glamour magazine's dating column, Jake, a man's opinion, 
And off of that, I got this TV show, Wingman, where it was a dating reality show, and we would every episode would have a new single person who had some sort of dating issue that they needed to overcome, and we would work to get them a real-life date. And uh, we did 13 episodes on FLN, a small cable network, which, by the way, went out of, the whole network went out of business uh, after my, my show went on. So I, I don't just get canceled at shows. I bring entire networks down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun for those 13 episodes. <laughs> What do you think? So, so you did, uh, you talk about relationships in your um, um, uh, in your act. Uh, what to me the single biggest problem most single men have is they want to have sex now and then an hour later sex with someone else, and that causes <laughs> that's the big problem in relationships is that young men want to have sex want to have sex. I used to say that I wanted deep emotional intimate relationships that lasted about 25 minutes and then move on. <laughs> See, now I'm wired differently. If, if some lovely woman is willing to let me do that, I definitely want to hang out with her more. I have <laughs> You want to go back for more? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I have you know, friends who say, oh, vacation sex is the great because you never have to see the person again. If someone's willing to do that, I definitely would like to see them many more times. <laughs> All right, well, let me, let, me, let me ask you this, okay, because you're on the road a lot. Right? You tour a lot, and you've probably had some casual encounters on the road. Am I am I too far afield here? <laughs> now keep in mind, I went to Catholic school. There's only so much I can admit. That's right. That's true. So I'm trying. I'm trying to keep yes, this. Yes. I'm trying to keep yes, this. Sure. I'm trying to put an interesting enough filter on this that it it's witty instead of gross. Um, <laughs> that all right? So we, casual encounters. All right. Has it ever occurred to you, after a woman's watched your act, if she's interested, that she must be insane? I'm sorry, say the last So, I, if I was on stage talking about what I talked about, when I used to be on stage talking about what I talked about, if I came off stage and some girl was sitting there looking at her, I'm going, hi, I go, and I go, what? She goes, I just really like your act. I go, this woman must be crazy. Yeah, that, <laughs> I... The, the strange thing that happens is they tend to think they really know who you are based on the 45 minutes that they just saw. And to your point, that might be my question, their judgment, if they think that's a good thing. But I always say, gosh, you know, that took me 15 years to write that 45 minutes. That's not really who I am. That's uh, just a very polished up version. So I've never had a very successful relationship that started at a comedy club. I'll say that. Um, you know, I, I've known, I, I knew a guy one time who... Um uh, he slept with a waitress and she got pregnant and then it got worse. He, be, he made her his manager and his career just was ruined. Are you kidding? Oh my God. Yeah. He took it a little too far. Yeah. Are you currently in a relationship? Are you married? Or I am not. I'm dating. It's, it's hard because I'm you know, traveling so much so it's hard to really kind of sustain anything but uh, there, there was a, a girlfriend in New York who I think might still be there. Okay, do you live in New? Are you live in New York City now? Yeah, I live in New York. But Can I'm you give me Hamilton tickets? I'm going there in January. Can you, you get a hookup <laughs> for Hamilton? I, I don't think so, unless you have a thousand bucks. They're not going to let you sneak your own drink in. <laughs> you know, I've been looking on the site. The cheapest you can get them are around five hundred and eighty bucks per single ticket, and uh, wow. and they should allow you to sneak your own drink in. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Broadway guy? Do you go to the Broadway shows? Or you? Yeah, I do. I'm not 
not, you know, I'm not like a regular goer, but certainly if there's something popular, um, you know, one of the beauties of living in the city is getting to walk down the street and, and go see a show or go see a sporting event. Um, so yeah, yeah, I love taking advantage of that. Probably don't do it enough, but um, but yeah. Do you have a recommendation? Um, I am going. Uh, you well, sound like a, you sound like a kinky boots guy. That's what I'm. All I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> I have not seen that. I am going to see Oh Hello, which is the the new comedy with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. I'm going uh, the day after Christmas. It's a, a, a show that two comics put together. It's supposed to be great. Uh, but yeah, I'm mostly a comedy guy. Yeah. So you're. Uh, uh, and, and you know what? In that island, is uh, there's a lot of you know people talk about uh, Phoenix right now and then. The uh, number of venues and the wide variety of things you can see, and it's true. But you hit that island, and it's just stunning what's uh, uh, what's uh, uh, developing in Manhattan. You know, uh, stand-up comedy-wise, the number of clubs, the, the number of, of incredible shows you can see. You you can see what what you have to wait a month to see because you have to see it at a concert venue here. You can see like five concerts in one night in in club venues in New York. It's just comedy heaven right now. It really is true. There's great shows going on every night of the week, and just so much talent. Uh, yeah, it's a great time to be in comedy. That's for sure. Um, Michael, I know you got other things to do. We do so appreciate you calling in. I know you got to take a, your all important comedy nap. Um, <laughs> I set an alarm for this call. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate that tons. We have been talking with uh, Michael Somerville. By the way, you should go to his website. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, and it's uh, just Michael Sum- and not Mike you're not a Mike you're a Michael no nope, I'm a Michael so when I had to join SAG it turned out there was a Mike Summerville a guitarist from the 70s but so I wasn't allowed to be Mike anymore even though my whole life I was Mike uh-huh. so I had to be Michael yeah there yeah there. Are you, are you- I promise to update the website if people check it out I'll try to update it yeah my real name's Bob Dylan it caused me huge amount of trouble <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that was even his real name uh Michael Somerville. Is that right? Yeah, no, his real name is Robert Zimmerman. He's from. Ah, he stole your thunder. He's a nice middle class Jewish boy from Minnesota. A lot of people don't know that about him. But uh, wow. Uh, we but so there. So you know what? We've laughed and we've learned. We've learned that there you enjoy. Uh, you go to the Broadway show Kinky Boots every night. <laughs> <laughs> I can recite the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and that I I know uh, uh, secrets about Bob Dylan. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we grew together in this call. We did. We're bonding, not bondage, bonding. So, uh, whatever you're into, man. I don't. You know, I know you're Catholic. Look, I was raised Catholic. Let's face it, dude. You're twisted. I know it. Um, uh, so we've been talking with Michael Somerville. He is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight for two shows. A Saturday, two shows. Sunday for one show. Uh, we've watched your videos, and now we've talked with you, and we're highly recommending this show. If you'd like to uh, uh, win a, uh, a couple of tickets, get a couple complimentary tickets, hit me, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, up on my personal Facebook page, and I might be able to hook you up. Michael, who are you working with? Do you know who the other comics are? Uh, yeah, Jill Kimmel is our host. Fantastic. And, uh, Michael, uh, Jill Kimmel and Michael Thomas, who are both, they're, they're fantastic. So uh, really, I mean, I always say come see us, but really is a great show from start to finish this week. Yeah, you know what? You're definitely right. We uh, we know those comics, especially Jill, and you are 100% correct. Tell them that we said tell Jill we said hi, and uh, we might try to we're going to try to pop down and catch you this weekend. That would be great to have you guys out. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.
Well, how cool was that? He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy and a funny guy, and that is uh, so very, very, very cool. So very cool. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we were able to uh, uh, have that conversation. You know, it's funny because we don't know him. We've never met him. I mean, a lot of the comics that come in or call in, we know where we've met before. But he's so personable that, boom, it was like we, we were able to go into a great conversation almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the comics who blow off, like, radio or podcast interviews. I don't get that. When, you know, all the, those of us who do this, you know, and I've done I'm both sides. Tonight I'm performing. I'm performing the show. You know, and... Uh, uh, but those of us that do this, you know, that do podcasts and radio and things like that, all we're doing is trying to help promote their, their event, you know. And this is a guy who uh, uh, really understands that and gets that. So let's do this, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel good because oftentimes something I say I'm going to do on the radio or on the podcast I don't do. I said I was going to do a restaurant review. I did a restaurant review. We are recommending Dickies. Um, uh, let's take a little break. And then in a few minutes we're going to call... Uh, from WeAreMovieGeeks.com, Sam Moffat, and see what his movie recommendations are for the holidays, okay? okay. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySkillsRadio.com. 